Hello and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Fraser Wilson and today I'm pleased to say we're joined by Record Sports' Gavin Berry and Record Sport Online's Callum Loudon to look at all the latest goings on at Ibrox. On the pod today, we take a deep dive into the remaining transfer priorities for Steven Gerrard. We ask if Daniel Sturridge is really an option as the bookies slash odds on the former Liverpool man moving to Ibrox. And we take a look at Lee Wallace and Kenny Miller's hard-hitting comments over the last 24 hours following the Ibrox departures in the last year. Chaps, you're both sitting across from me with distinctive Scottish tans. You've you been away somewhere nice? No, not yet. No, no, just this Scottish summer. Oh, we'll we'll 24 get, oh, hours uh, of it? Exactly, that's what I was going to say. Thursday. No, we had a couple of days there last week. I was too bad. Thursday, Friday. Lucky you. Thursday, so Friday. you have seen the Scottish summer, Callum, yourself. You've been I'm a bit just, afield, eh? I'm just back from New York, aye, so that probably explains my slight tan. Now you saw you see Gary Mackay Stephen over there? Yeah, I didn't see him. No, it's a no. busy city, so. Aye, okay. Aye, fair excuse. So you were in New York, me, Scotland, and Portugal. I was stuck here us? at Record Towers, mate. And me, Hamel Demi. <laughs> Right, moving on, enough of that rubbish small talk. Uh, straight into the transfer market because uh, it's first week in July, so the window has creaked open that bit further, lads. Uh, Steven Gerrard and his players are back from Portugal, the aforementioned pre-season training camp. They're ready to hit the ground running. Um, Gerrard spoke yesterday about the need to trim the squad. I think he even fielded 30 players in the, the friendly win over Mansfield. So right now we're starting to trim back and... Uh, slimline that first team squad available to him uh, pretty clear outgoings will include well he would like them to include the likes yeah. of Kyle Lafferty Eros Gresda Jordan Rossiter perhaps Graham Dorans but more on the point of who's to come in Gavin where do you think the priorities lie now because he's made a start of seven signings but there's still some to be made where well, do you think priorities well, lie well I think he's already said himself hasn't it I mean you're looking at central defence need another central defender a fourth central defender Gareth McCauley's gone out Joe Worrell's way back on loan brought in Edmondson so we know that he wants a centre half need to get a com- you know a kind of commanding central defender that's what he's looking for maybe a kind of Goldson tight but even more you know sort of experience maybe even if you could just go up a notch in quality because Edmondson I think as we've discussed on here before I mean young potential Joe Worrell style but I mean really what you need now is you know guys who are going to come in and help you win the league you need guys that are going to change you know the quality of the team and that's the kind of signings he's going to have to be looking at now because a lot of the guys that have been brought in Edmondson I mean even Aribo as much as he's you know, arise with a good reputation, you're still talking about a big step up, you know, even bigger step up for Edmondson, you know, from League Two, it's a, it's a huge jump, and we don't know how these guys are going to work, playing in front of 50,000, so... He's in the League Two team of the year, though, so there's got to be talent there, Yeah, I mean, but League Two, let's, I mean, well, let's be honest, depending I mean, on who you speak to, but I think we're all in agreement here, there's a massive jump to the Scottish yeah, Premiership. It's a, ma- it's a massive jump, and so, you mean, you don't know how these are going to work out you need proven players yeah um, and I think that's what needs he needs to be targeting next you know guys that are going to make a real difference but I'm sure that's what we'll be thinking so with a few pennies got left he's going to go in for what you would maybe call the marquee signings yeah well Kent I mean we know he's the one that he's holding out for isn't he I mean so Kent would come into that category if they don't get Kent I think then you'd be then looking at another I think you would maybe need to try and then get a winger of a similar ilk was going to be difficult, mm-hmm. you know, because he was a he was a game changer, wasn't he? Well, he came on to I know a, a kind of slowish start, 
but by the end he was a real kind of key player and that's the thing we don't know yet whether Ojo will be able to do that Jake Hastie probably not only a handful of games at Motherwell Jordan Jones some people are kind of not quite sure whether you know is he going to be one that will come off the bench as opposed to like having a Kent type impact so maybe a winger that's going to have an impact like Kent if it's not Kent himself let's get right here you keep central defender Sorry, and a left back, obviously. We'll, we'll get back to the uh-huh. defender. You keep mentioning Kent, and I mean, mm. he's a name on every Rangers fan's lips th- yeah. this season. You're the man no. with the finger on no. the pulse, Gavin. But <laughs> <laughs> give us give us a nugget of new information in Rangers' pursuit of Ryan Kent. I don't have a nugget, I'm afraid, uh, because it's a waiting game, isn't it? Liverpool, the ball is in their court. They've got to decide, or I think Stephen Gerrard said that Ryan Kent's got to force the issue himself, so... I'm sorry, I don't, I don't have it. And the last time when I said Ojo was coming in as a probably a sweetener because Kent wasn't going, the next thing he knew, everybody was saying, yes. there's no chance of Kent. God, so. stand by that, no. So I'll need to, I'll need to stand by it. <laughs> I'll need to stand by it. Oh, moving on swiftly then. Callum, uh, for you, a priority still a defender? i got to get in that. You took the words out of my mouth, the marquee signing. I think he's, Gerard's done well. He's kind of beefed up the squad took them to a training camp. I think he's getting a good look at who's going to who's going to shape his first team, which I think is a thing he has to sort settle quickly, which he maybe didn't do last season. He was messing around with central defenders uh, quite a lot throughout the season. So I think I think he's got the base of his squad pretty much sorted out. I think it is just maybe a, a couple of marquee signings, an experienced centre-half, Scarrow's name keeps getting mentioned. Uh, I think Ryan Kent could be the marquee signing uh, attacking wise but I think I think that's it the squad's starting to shape up for Rangers so I think it's just a priority case of Gerard figuring out his strong first 11 and then maybe getting in that little touch of quality uh, at the back and up the top so Quali- quality is the key word let's be blunt about this you're not going to win league titles bringing in guys from Charlton and Oldham it's right, not, right. But, but, Gavin, they're, they're not you've going got to win a point league. there, right? But, but, but what I was going to say was Defoe and Davis, right? Obviously, yeah. they came in in January, mm. they took a while. But what we managed to see at the end of the season from them, what if you see that from the start, then you can throw them into it. You know, you, you can throw them into the mix because that's like a couple of new signs. If they can start the season as the end of the season, then Rangers are much stronger. So they've already improved significantly they have given those two so another couple like them right you know okay because I'm going to stick my because we're taking them. Ken out of it as it stands we're ah, taking yeah. Ken out of that yep. team yes. so you've, 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 you've then got to replace him because Jordan Jones and Ojo we don't know yet but Jordan Jones isn't going to have as big an impact as Ken is he? Ojo what, we don't know about one I think well is Joe Aribo I'm going to stick my neck out here and say he could be well, the signing possibly. in the summer alright it was at Charlton but yeah. he's helped that no. Charlton team is all yeah. He's lifted that Charlton yeah. team into the championship, I think, yeah. with, with his performances. And everybody's got to start somewhere. So, yeah, yep, this will be the big test of the boy. But yeah. having seen enough clips of him, having read enough about him, yeah. there's no doubt he's got a bit about him. He's, he's strong, he's tenacious. It, it looks like yeah. he loves a tackle. He yeah, loves yeah. to win the ball back. And he absolutely loves to get into the box yeah. and on to the end of things. I'm not saying there's not nuggets to be found. There's not guy, And he may well prove to be a kind of exception. I'm just saying, generally speaking, you know, if you're going to be recruiting from those, you know, from that level, it's, it's, you're not going to go and win the league with... You might get one or two that might make the difference. A rebo might be that one. Yeah, but... I know we agreed. George Edmondson, then, you think, will start as fourth choice if they can get in another defender. You'll almost have your Katic, Goldson, 
plus A and other, yes. and then Edmondson will be the one that's used more sparingly. Yeah, possibly, but I suppose it depends who they bring in. I mean, he's got to go and find that central defender. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's the key. You would hope that you're not starting the season with Edmondson as a first choice, mm-hmm. yeah. and that they'll bring in somebody just with a bit more experience. So. We spoke about quality there. I mean, do you think there's still a gulf between Celtic and Rangers right now, given the signings and the departures that have happened in the last month or two? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it's still sizable. You, you think? Well, the gap is definitely closing. Yeah. No, I thought it was a transfer news there. Oh, that would have been handy. <laughs> <laughs> Just your your dinner out, yeah, eh? <laughs> somebody tried to sell something. Um, oh aye a player <laughs> so tell anyway, us more uh, where were we there uh, gap gap yeah it's proven I mean the gap you could see the gap at the end of the season I mean if you look at the gap when Celtic you know when they clinched the title I think you've got to take it from when they clinched you know the title there was still they, they won the, the bottom line is they won the league with a bit to spare so I mean Rangers have it's up to Rangers to, to close that gap Um is that more Rangers' faults in games that they should have been winning, though? Or were Celtic that much better? Because over the course of four Old Firm games, of course, it was it was to each in terms of wins. Mm-hmm. If you want to go on to aggregate, Rangers even won the, the four matches. Yeah, but... So, so Gerrard's trying to fix the, the small problems... But it's, too, it's too easy just to say, oh, I mean, Rangers... I mean... <sighs> If, well, what if, you know, Rangers didn't concede that last-minute goal at first part? What if this? I mean, the bottom line is Celtic won the league with a bit to spare. It doesn't matter what way you look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we have, I suppose what we don't know is just how strong... I think sometimes a lot of Rangers fans are just relying on Celtic dropping back. You know, it's like, because obviously they were... Under Brendan Rodgers, you just you could not see... Rangers really catching them under Brendan Rodgers. Had he stayed, I think, you know, the task would have been so much harder. That With Neil Lennon in charge now, it changes a bit. But we don't know how much, and I don't think Rangers can just sit back and say, oh, I mean, Neil Lennon, he's not quite Brendan Rodgers, and Celtic aren't going to be the same force under Neil Lennon. You know, they can't drop, Rangers can't just, you know, they've got to still aim as if it is Brendan Rodgers still charges you know they can't take their foot off the gas and just say oh well it's not well we don't have as big a task now let's just kind of you know get complacent yeah getting back to transfer priorities then Callum back back to yourself um, I I still think as much as they need this fourth central defender I I really think um, a striker is needed because Kyle Lafferty is done at Ibrox and one Middle East I read Sorry, Middle East. Was Middle East, uh, a couple of Limassol clubs interested as well. But, but from a Rangers perspective, I think seen seen the last of Kyle Lafferty in light blue. Uh, we don't know what will happen to Alfredo Morelos. So suggestions in the last well, it's been running all, all through June, I suppose. But in the last twenty four hours, it's really ramped up that Daniel Sturridge could possibly be an option. Um, uh, that's coming through bookies. To be fair, now I, I didn't put too much weight behind what they're saying, but. The odds have been slashed to 64 and Rangers are now favourites. I think Stephen Gerrard being obviously linked there. Is there ever a, a scenario you, you think that Rangers could be signing Daniel Sturridge, given that he was on up to, well, six figures a week anyway? I Liverpool. think the problem is, is that he's a free agent now. So if they were getting him on loan and someone was paying some of those wages, then maybe there'd be something behind it. But I just don't see him taking that big a wage drop. 
unless he's that desperate to work with Gerard. But I just don't see Daniel Sturridge going to Rangers. Like, is he even the type of player they need up there? I think they're quite sorted up front. They've got two strikers already that are uh, pretty much bustling for first position. Uh, so I don't. Obviously, you can't turn down Daniel Sturridge if he's an option, but. I don't think it's Rangers' priority, honestly. I think that Greg Stewart might get played up front as well. Well, there is that third option, isn't there? Um, I think there's a lot of debate out in that one, Gavin, mm-hmm. uh, whether Greg Stewart is really of the calibre to well, be well, leading the, the Rangers' front line. I mean, I mean he's, more, he's more likely to be a squad player, but, I mean, Daniel Sturridge, we wouldn't be talking about if it wasn't for his injury record. That's the first thing we have to say. I mean, he's obviously he's had an injury-ravaged spell... I think at Liverpool he was getting 120 grand a week, but he's now a free agent, so he's you know he's starting from scratch. I don't think he can command those kind of wages. Um, having said that, you know what it's like down there. I mean, you look at Andy Carroll who went to West Ham, a club like that, maybe a Newcastle. You know they would probably pay him a hefty, bearing in mind the money swirling around down there, and there's no transfer fee involved, you know, they can take a punt on him down there. I suppose in terms of Rangers getting him, it would be similar to Defoe. You would have this, you would be relying on the relationship with Gerard. You'd be hoping that Gerard could somehow convince him. Then it becomes about the money. What, what, how much of a drop is he willing to take? And what is his motivation? I mean, a, a Defoe said, you know, he'd done it all. He'd been around those clubs. I mean, Daniel Sturridge is similar in terms of he's been to a lot of clubs down England. Does he just want a, a, a change of scenery? Does he want to go and try and win some silverware? Um, the, I suppose the slight difference is Sturridge at 29, much younger than Defoe, so he might feel it's you know a bit early uh, to come to Scotland. It's hard to know what his thinking is, but I think if Gerard could somehow convince him and the club could put a package together that would persuade them and make it attractive for them, then, of course, Daniel Sturridge would be a good sign. Because they're fit, and that's the key thing. And the bottom line is, if he didn't have those injury problems, as we said earlier, you know, it wouldn't be a realistic option. So you're, you're going to have to take a bit of a punt. But if you, if you take a chance on him and, and he is fit, then he would tear it up in Scotland. And is he, is he the quality we're talking about that would suddenly close that gap? Oh, yes. I mean, you're talking top quality if fit. We need to keep stressing yeah, if, if you can get him So fit, it's a gamble. If if be, get, it would be a gamble. It's going to be a bit of a gamble anyway. I mean, and <clears throat> as Callum said there, maybe striker isn't necessarily like in a priority position, but, you know, if you get a chance to get a player, you know, with that kind of pedigree, then... You know, you take it. And remember, we don't know about Morelos either. I mean, it could be that you say, well, we'll sell Morelos and we'll use, you know, that fee to, to fund the kind of package. And then you go with Sturridge and Defoe. Or maybe you keep all three. Could you imagine you said that? A well, of years ago and that you're going to have Sturridge, Defoe and Morelos. That's as what I'm talking about. That, this but is this it. season that Steven Gerrard has to stop nine in a row. So they might so be the type of gambles he exactly. has to take. Well, it's got, uh, yeah, uh, I think so. You know, you, they're going to have to go all out. And for me, two strikers isn't enough for me, even if Morelos stays. I just mm-hmm. think that that's lightweight. I mean, with injuries, one of them is bound to be injured at some point through a season. Suspensions. What, for <laughs> yeah. what are you hinting at there, Callum? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> uh, no, I think they need yeah. a third. I think they need another striker. But it's whether you need the Morelos money to fund the storage one, mm-hmm. and in which case you then bring in storage, and then you go and get and another. Else. You know, if it's not Lafferty, then actually someone like Connor Washington who went to Hearts 
recently, you know, he, he would probably be even a better, he would have been a better option than Lafferty. Yeah, no, you, you you believe, like believe so, yeah. Yeah, I think it could have been, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, outgoings then, oh, another, in another direction. Uh, mm-hmm. We mentioned four or five that certainly seem to be heading for an exit. Uh-huh. But it's all gone quiet in James Tavernier and Alfredo Morelos in re- recent weeks. That's not too unusual given the fact that a transfer window is more of a marathon than a sprint. Mm-hmm. But uh, interesting point for John Terry, the Aston Villa yeah. assistant this morning. That, that was interesting. Saying that... It, Referring specifically to Tavernier and uh, Morelos, and remember, not Premier League ready, not ready. Basically, yeah. that's what he said. Yeah, he thinks it would take him a bit of time to get up to speed uh-huh. down there. In other, other, other words, I think it was rubbish in any link that Villa were interested in Tavernier, which was the the big story last month um, that they were even readying a ten million pound bid. Mm-hmm. So that's got to be good news to Rangers fans. Well, I don't think John Terry speaks for the entire English Premier League. Well, <laughs> maybe Villa. <laughs> No, I mean, you're not telling me that, I don't know, that James Tavernier couldn't go to, like, I don't know, a Brighton, Burnley or something and, and, and do a job. No, I'm, I'm sure he could. And the same goes for Morelos. Well, listen, Stephen Gerrard knows the English Premier League as well as John Terry, you know, and, and so does Jermaine Defoe. I know they're probably a bit biased when they're talking about their own teammates, but I mean, both of them said the same thing last season. So I think they could do a job, not top-end, not, not not right at the very top end. I mean, you look at somebody like John McGinn, who went from, you know, everybody's raving about him, he's now been linked with Man You look at the season oh, he had for John aye. Terry's Aston Villa. But, but it's, it's got to go and prove it now in the yeah. English Premier League, hasn't Yeah, it? he's still got to go. But if you look at the job he, he'd done in the Championship, but that was him going from Hibs. Yeah. So, you know, and Rangers are a kind of step up. Callum, do you expect bids to be incoming in the next eight weeks or so for these two? <sighs> It's hard to say because it has quieted down a lot. Uh, probably will be bids at some point, but I think they'll both stay, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see them going. I think that everyone's on board this season. Uh, I think the Morelos rumours have just died down because I think his value dropped so much due to his behaviour at the <laughs> end of the season. So I think that took a solid... And the Columbia, sort of not getting in the Columbia squad, I think that took some value off as well. So I understand why the Morelos rumours have died down and... I just, if there's nothing coming out, I just don't see. I think both players are quite happy. I, I know money talks. I'm not naive enough, you know, to think that players aren't tempted by that. But I just think with somebody like Tavernier that he would almost want to complete that, you know, especially now he's a captain and there will be that sense hasn't of lifted unfinished business. You know, it's like hasn't lifted what Lee Wallace termed today as true Rangers silverware. Yes. I think we know exactly. True oh, no. Rangers silverware. I think that means I mean, a major trophy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I mean, that's the kind of major regret with somebody like him. And I don't think Tavernier would want to, because I mean, there's no doubt that they're getting closer, you know. And you know, you would want to have helped them get into the top flight. And I think there will be part of them. But as I say, I mean, who knows? You know, with money and all that. You know, I mean, it's like over at Celtic, people talk about Kieran Tierney. What more does he want? You know. He's a fan and all that, but, but he's when won push it all. comes, well, I suppose it, it's different in that he's won it all. But yeah. what I'm going to say is, people are saying, well, he'll spend his entire career at Celtic because what more does he want? But there comes a point when I suppose money does talk, and the same could be the case with Tavernier or something. But I think you've got a point. I think there'll be a forever regret there if he, if he moved to a lower league, yeah. English league, Premier League club that he, he, he did 
not finish the job with yeah. Rangers when he must be feeling right now this is a season well it's got to be the season in it's terms of Rangers it's got oh to yeah be. I mean there's, there's no doubt it can't be a season without silverware again Callum I know you're keen to come on to this and we didn't get your your, your thoughts in the last couple of weeks um, talking about outgoings talking about Premier League more interest it's like the floodgates have opened and Stephen Gerrard um, he spoke clearly about that about the Derby link last week, um, unfinished business at Rangers, he's here for the long haul, he's happy, he's loving it, dream job, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but Newcastle have now appeared on the horizon, uh, various commentators down south saying Stephen Jard's good fit and wouldn't turn down a move to St James's Park. What are your thoughts on that one? Uh, I don't know where that's coming from, I think it would turn down a move to St James's Park. Uh, I don't think there's any way that Stephen Gerrard wouldn't speak to Rafa Benitez about what's going on at Newcastle uh, in regards with Mike Ashley. And Stephen Gerrard looks like this type of guy who he doesn't seem motivated by money. Uh, he seems to want to be here to get the job done, win some silverware. That's why he chose Rangers in the first place. And I find it hard to believe that he would give that up to go to a team that has long-standing issues with its owner. Uh, well, the reason Rafa Benitez left is basically because uh, Ashley wouldn't give him any funds for players. I don't see Gerard wanting to put up with that. I just, I, I don't think there's anything in that at all. I just don't see it. Don't see it at all. So, if a man of Benitez's stature can't sway Mike Ashley, who still wants out in Newcastle, of course, mm-hmm. um, Gerard, likewise, despite the man that he is, w- wouldn't perhaps curry more favour with Mike Ashley in terms of transfer funds. No, I think the other thing we have to mention is that, I mean, I've been very impressed with Stephen Gerrard in his first season in the job, you know, inherited a bit of a mess, you know, as the point has been made about the improvements both on the pitch and off it, how he's kind of lifted the standards and, but the bottom line is, is Rangers ended up without a trophy last season. There was progress, but I'm not quite sure that he's actually earned the right to go to straight into an English Premier League job. I mean, um, and listen, and you could all you could say the same about Frank Lampard, who looks like getting the Chelsea job. I'm not entirely sure. And and with you know these two guys, you're talking about their name. You know, it's the reputation. Gerard had a good first season, getting Derby into the playoffs, but ultimately didn't get them up. Lampard. Uh, Eh? Lampard died. Yeah, yeah sorry, Gerard. Sorry, Gerard. Lampard. That was uh, some job he did. Rangers and Derby at the same time. Sorry, obviously, Lampard. Lampard's got the sentimental value oh, no, as well. Sentimental, but, which yeah, isn't there for Newcastle. No, no, it's Gerard. not there for Newcastle. But I just don't think really that Stephen Gerrard has has done enough. He's got to, and I think to be honest, he would probably accept that himself. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think he's there the right yet to go and manage in the English Premier League. He has to win. If he if you can win the league for Rangers, certainly in the next two years, that'll be, you'll have done some job considering the gap between the two when he took over and then he can start talking about going, you know, to the English Premier League. Yeah. Right, let, let's finish on the Lee Wallace and Kenny Miller comments mm-hmm. that have come out in the last 24 hours. Um, floodgates seem to have opened now yeah. on, on their, uh, their departures. A year apart from Ibrox, but uh, yep. both culminating, I suppose, from that Ugly, messy, disciplinary yeah. issue after the Scottish Cup semi-final yep, 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 yep. Um, defeat to Celtic. Uh, Kenny Miller said last night, and I think it was yourself at the piece, Gavin. For his unveiling, yep. So he claims Lee Wallace victimised last season at Rangers. Mm-hmm. Although Wallace was happy to sit out, is sit 
for the final year of his contract at Rangers, knowing it was uncomfortable, he, he reckons the club victimised the former skipper and uh, limited them to three sub-appearances, which yeah. amounted to, what, 53 minutes or something. Yeah. Uh, Wallace has spoken openly today. He's not quite as, uh, not quite as open and frank mm-hmm. as uh, Miller, but he revealed they didn't even get a thank you or the good wishes from the top brass at Ibrox, yeah. which to me... It's bad taste. It is. Uh, given that he stood by the club well, you and the darkest the sacri- hours. Absolutely. Consider the sacrifice he made. You think it could have been dealt with? I mean, with a little bit more class than that. Um, but he did make a point, I think, of saying that Gerard and yes, certainly uh, that, Michael Beale didn't that, he? So I mean, Gerard and Beale, we said, were different Beale class, were and different he's learnt so much so. from them just in the training park yeah. because he's obviously got his eye. Well, it's on obviously the hierarchy that he had the issue with. Yeah, it. it's hierarchy. Boardroom here. Boardroom. Yeah. So I mean, I think. They should remember just exactly what you know Lee Wallace did for that club and how he could have walked away, and I think it could have been handled a bit better in terms of playing last season. Kenny Miller said that he should have played more games. Well, when you consider the jury was out and Borna Barisic in that left back position, I mean, I, I don't think there's any doubt that Lee Wallace uh, would have done a job at left back. So you, you do have to wonder why. He didn't play more. I'm just wondering, but, but the bit that wouldn't add up for me is Stephen Gerrard being dictated to. I don't well, think that's he strikes going to ask. me as Aye, a Were these would... orders from the top? Because yeah. the, the, the chopped and changed that left-back area. Barisic went through a hell of a time. Yeah. Andy Haldy's thrown in there when he's a midfielder. Yeah. Uh, John Flanagan's right-footed. I think he did a, a decent job for me, Lee Wallace given the run of games, would have been the, 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 the best and option think, in there. I do think, right, I mean, Jet, Stephen Gerrard had so much to deal with when he first came in last season, was his first managerial job, but I did always feel that the, the Lee Wallace situation was, it was a difficult one, obviously, for him, because he inherited, you know, that, that kind of conflict, and, but I thought, I did feel that he never quite took it by the scruff of the neck to say, look, here's where we stand. It was always... Well, he's injured and we'll get to that. You know, he never quite, you know, explained mm-hmm. where he stood. Because, I mean, there was, I often asked him the question, I remember, at the start, to, when he said he was injured, he said, well, if, if he was fit, who makes a decision here? You know, I mean, if you want to play him, this was, if you want to play him, you know, can you play him or do you need to go and, do you need to go and check if, if it's okay to play him or what, what happens if you believe he's the best man? But, it was never really quite... Didn't directly answer the question? No, nah, not in the early stages. He may have sort of later... Well, I mean, he ended up, of course, giving him a few games. This, I'm talking, you know, right at the outset, but it was always a case of, well, what can I deal with that? You know, when we get to it, it was as if there was maybe more important things from right. either that or he did... He was being told, you can't play this guy. Yeah, surprising. Callum, for you, did it lack a bit of class hearing... The way it ended for Wallace. He said himself he wasn't surprised that he didn't get the, the handshake or the good luck. Thank you for your, your service. But uh, club Rangers statue, stature, sorry, surely that, that should be the, the, the minimum. A bit of class for those that have given you such service. Uh, I mean, everything they've done, probably should have got a thanks, but the whole Lee Wallace thing has just confused me from the outset. The whole not playing uh, when we've clearly needed a le- Rangers clearly needed a left back all season. Uh, the kind of uh, just the way it's all transpired and then it's still all kind of coming out now uh, there's obviously something went on between him and the board and 
that's probably why they've not said thanks for your service. But putting off their nose to spite their face. I think there, the thing when you talk to Kenny, I mean Kenny Miller, he's an experienced guy. He's been around the block. Uh, he always speaks passionately. And the thing about it yesterday, talking to him, especially that, you know, when he was talking about leaving, you know, Murray Park with a on his own, you know, with a black bin bag over the show. I had as he's telling me this, I had this kind of image of him in my head just kind of leaving through the back door of Murray mm. Park, you know, this guy who <laughs> served, you know, for eight years over three spells and, you know, won so much silver with him. I had this image of him. But I think the thing about him is, and I don't think anybody can dispute it, and it's probably the reason for whatever happened in the Hamden dressing room, is that he cares. He cares. And... Um, Lee Walsh is the same. And I think pro I think they just saw standards. They they watched the standards were sort of slipping uh, at the club and that probably led to whatever happened in the dressing room that day. We don't know. Until until somebody comes out and tells us openly exactly what happened in the dressing room that day, we won't quite know whether they went over the score or didn't. But I think whatever happened, the reason for their actions was because they care. Yeah. And that's what you need. It was like Barry Ferguson when it was a whole Paul Gwen bust up, you know, it's because he cared mm-hmm. and he looked around and he didn't see the same, you know, and maybe some of his teammates or even the manager, you know, accepting defeats and, you know, seeing the standards drop a bit and that's how Barry Ferguson ended up losing the plot. And Kenny Miller and Lee Wallace are cut from the same cloth. It's it's not your your normal workplace, is it? The pressure pot of a football pitch. I think these things happen in dressing rooms all the time. It, can't possibly have been as bad as the outcome of being suspended for your club. Whatever happened in that dressing room, I've possibly. never, uh, I've never heard any players say a bad word about Miller or Lee Wallace. But in interviews, it's never came out like that. So it's definitely for me being a sort of kind of football culture via boardroom culture type clash. Uh, in my opinion, like I don't think it's sent to do with professionalism on the pitch. There's no doubt. Like, he's a big personality. Kenny Miller, there's no doubt about that. And there's, you know, bearing in mind Graham Murphy was in charge at the time, caretaker charge, you know, maybe not strong enough to handle him. I think I read in the kind of aftermath of it talking about, I think it may have been, I was listening to Chris Boyd maybe being interviewed and talking about how Kenny Miller used to, he was the same even when Walter Smith, you know, was in charge. He'd be shouting the odds when they came in at half time and things weren't going their, their way. And Walter Smith would just turn around and say, listen, you've had your say, Aye. sit down and shut up. But, I mean, the difference is you've got Walter Smith saying that and then you would maybe that's it, mm-hmm. that's enough. But probably Graham Murty was, you know, not as strong. Ah, as and if he had said that, maybe Miller yeah. might just have kept it going. Ah, I can <laughs> see your point. Have kept it yeah. going or, you, you always get players. Or maybe Miller's, you know, did see a kind of weakness there and, you know, thought I need to stand up here because mm-hmm. he's not doing it, you know. Who knows? You know, maybe so he was pushing for the job a bit because I remember those rumours were going yeah. about. So well, maybe. I think he's been pushing yeah. for every day. He's at he's, that stage. He's on his third club now since he left the Rangers 12, That's 13 right. well, months that, ago. That was the whole theme of the piece today was um, the article 14 months. I mean, Whatever, whatever you think of Kenny Miller, it's been a traumatic 14 months from that Rangers exit with the black bin bag to seven weeks as at Livingston manager, as yeah. your first managerial job to then join Dundee under Neil McCann who then gets sacked and then Dundee get relegated and then you go for the Dundee job and you miss out on it and you end up at Partick Thistle when's so. the film out? <laughs> exactly <laughs> great idea right uh, yes interesting to see where they both go for now anyway Lee Wallace massive massive mm-hmm. challenge down in English yep, Championship yep, yep. good move from QPR from one Rangers to another so um, interesting to see if you can hold down a berth there uh, but for now, uh, Rangers, it's uh, the first serious, the first of the, the, the Sunday service 
friendlies coming up this weekend. Oxford at Ibrox. Uh, then it's all ramping up towards that Europa League first yeah. qualifying round next week. Amazing how quickly it's coming round, isn't it? I know. It just seems like yesterday we were at Rugby Park for that last game Absolutely, of the season, aye. and then it's all uh, starting again. Thanks very much, guys. That's all for now. Right. I think our time's up here. No problem. Um, Scotty, Scott back next week. Mm, well, well oh, that's to be debated. I will see if uh, we want to bring him back in a, a loan deal or a free transfer. Any chance he can fight his work? No, I mean, well, we'll put a call out. Was that a week report? Do you remember the way tonight? Oh, who knows? Uh, the pub, I think. <laughs> Uh, thanks very much Gavin and Callum for joining us thanks yous to you the listeners for joining us too if you want to continue the debate you can find us on Twitter at record underscore sport and on Facebook as well we'll be back next week to talk all things Rangers so don't forget to subscribe on Acast and iTunes to get the pod as soon as it's available and you can rate us on there too thanks very much for listening Through your